Welcome to Folk with Folks. Get ready for your host, Jeff Coldwell, to take you on a tour of folk music from the 60s all the way to today. Grab your acoustic guitar and throw on your corduroy blazer, because we're taking a ride through Folktown, and we're searching for a heart of gold. Welcome back. You're listening to CMRU.ca. You are listening to CMRU.ca. CMRU.ca. On CMRU.ca. By students. By students. By students. And you're listening to Folk with Folks on CMRU.ca. By students. For you. Stay tuned. We got music for you 24-7. Oh, hello there. I'm Jeff Coldwell. This is the best of podcast for Folk with Folks. I had a lot of fun doing this show, and I want to show you some of the best moments, so sit back and enjoy. This show became a place for me not only to learn about the roots and progression of folk music, but also about the challenging things that people go through on a daily basis. It became a way to talk about some of the hard topics, and get to appreciate people for how strong they are, and how they can push forward despite the setbacks and adversities. An example of this is the interview I did with my wife Kelsey. She has type 1 diabetes, among other health challenges, but lives every day with a sense of appreciation and happiness. I really love that about her, and it inspires me to keep going. Take a listen to part of the interview I did with Kelsey. So for those who don't know, uh, what is type 1 diabetes? Can you explain? Yeah, so type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune condition. So what that means is my immune system was hyperactive and it attacked my pancreas, specifically the cells in my pancreas that produce um, the hormones insulin and glucagon. How does it affect you on a daily basis? Really, it just impacts me because I have to constantly have the mind power to be thinking about my sugar levels, to be thinking about do I have the supplies I need, um, and anticipating them going high or going low, um, and making sure I have a plan to manage that. So can you tell us what would happen if you just forgot about it, or if you just didn't pay it any mind, and you went really high or really low? How does that affect you? Um, Ultimately, it would be fatal. especially within a 24-hour period. If I wasn't to manage my low sugars, then um, I could die quite quickly because my body wouldn't have any energy to function. And if my sugars were to go too high and I didn't administer insulin, then I could also die from something called diabetic ketone acidosis. So really, I don't have a choice but to manage it. It was fitting that November was Diabetes Awareness Month, and I wanted to take that opportunity for people to understand what someone with type 1 diabetes has to go through on a daily basis. I appreciate Kelsey for coming on the show and sharing her story, and I hope that people listening can have more appreciation for some of the things people are going through. The second interview I did was with my good friend Andre Thibault. In this interview, he explains his autoimmune disease and why he had to have a kidney transplant. This was a very big deal for him and affected him in a lot of ways. Luckily, he's on the mend and is feeling much better now and can continue all of his musical endeavors. So here's part of the interview with Andre and his new kidney. So on the phone with me from back home in Ottawa, I have my good friend Andre Thibault. Andre, or Dre, spelt D-R-A-E, won the 2017 Toronto Independent Music Award for Best Urban Recording as well as the 2020 Capital Music Award for Group of the Year. He has performed for at CBC Juno Fest and RBC Blues Fest, and was most recently featured on artist Grandson's XX Livestream. His musical influences include Linkin Park and Rage Against the Machine, and his genre-bending music is like nothing you've heard before, in a good way. So without further delay, Folk with Folks, brought to you by CMRU.ca, gives you Dre. 
Dre, how are you? Thanks for coming on. Hello, hello. I'm great. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing amazing, man. Thank you. Uh, all right. So, um, all right. So, firstly, I want to just we've been talking about the subject of t- Sonder here on Folk with Folks and. Um, the notion that everybody that passes you by has their own story, has their own, um, just their own complex life. So for you, uh, you had something pretty crazy happen to you last year. Can you tell us a little bit about that? For sure. So um, I'll start kind of at the, the climax of the story, as, as most people don't. I'll start at the climax of the story work my way back. Um, so last November, November 26th to be exact, 2020, I um, was donated a kidney from my mother um, after a year, a, roughly a year and a half of um, battling a rare autoimmune disorder um, that affects specifically the kidneys, but it also kind of transmits to other parts of the body. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of something that I didn't really see coming. Um, I was diagnosed with the autoimmune disorder. It's called IgA nephropathy. Um, In March of 2019, after having a series of pretty serious headaches and going for my first ever checkup at my new family doctor, um, which was a total fluke. Good thing you did. And uh, Yeah, very much so. Go get a family doctor. If you don't have a family doctor, that's the one thing I've learned from this situation is go get a family doctor. Um, And if you don't have access to one, get checked regularly for everything. Um, It will quite literally save your life because it saved mine. Um, so yeah, and I wound up in the hospital and, and the doctors told me I had 25% kidney function at the time. Um, so I was put on a wow. treatment of medication, uh, which is a whole, a whole story on its own. Um, so was it just, was, looking, go ahead. was it just the, um, was it just the headaches and stuff that, that they found out or how, how did they find out about it? So they were it was kind of unrelated at first you know i i had i had had my blood pressure taken for other things i mean i'm a clumsy guy i i fall i hurt myself i end up in the doctor's office at the hospital Same. pretty frequently um <laughs> yeah as athletes are, are as, as coordinated as we are we aren't yeah um but yeah so i i, I would end up at the clinic and you know that my blood pressure was slowly creeping up slowly creeping up but i didn't really think anything of it because you know i mean i'm in great shape at the time, I'm in great shape. I'm, I'm healthy as a horse. Nothing's really going on. I don't feel any different. And I've had migraines my whole life. So these, you know, th- these migraine headaches as they come, sometimes they're bad, sometimes they're not so bad. Um, but this particular string was just around the time that I um, actually got in to see my family doctor. I, I just managed to get a family doctor yeah. after not having one for close to, close to a decade. Um, wow. So I finally got in to see my family doctor. Um, and I, I was having headaches that day and I'd had it before and I had it the next day and I called in sick to work. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I got a bad string of migraines. It is what it is. Um, they did some blood work. They took my blood pressure and they're like, well, that's a little bit weird. Your blood pressure is high. Like, yeah, but I mean, I didn't really think anything of it. Um, and they called me at around noon and, and said, essentially, you need to take yourself to the hospital. Now there's something wrong with your kidneys. And that was all I knew. Wow. And I spent the next... I would say 20 hours. I'm really not sure what was going on. You know, when you're young, you feel invincible, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've broken, I've broken bones. I've dislocated things. I've torn ligaments, all of that stuff. It's, it doesn't compare to an actual illness. 
something that's inherently wrong with you that you have no control over. It's a totally um, different feeling, right? Like breaking a bone or so. like sprain, whatever. As athletes, I think we both have done, you know, several bad things to our bodies. But when there's something wrong with you on an internal level, on a level of like, you don't know, you can't explain it yourself, you have to go to a doctor, then that's like a whole another level of fear, uncertainty, and all of that. I'm sure that's what you were feeling, right? Very much so, yeah. It, it, it brings you back down to earth very quickly, especially with something like an autoimmune disorder where there is really no, there's no external factors. It's not diet-based. It's not, you know, stress-related. It's not, there's nothing that you can do externally to fix that. Yeah. There's just, it, there's nothing you can do. It's just, it's it's a bad bad deal of cards you know yeah. um so and then i had the doctor tell me that i had 25 percent kidney function and it took me a while to kind of come to terms with that yeah um and then just as i was i was prescribed a whole litany of medication um and for anybody who's ever been on prednisone for whatever reason it may be i feel for you um that is the worst medication that you can be put on it, it is it just, not yeah. fun that's for sure my no. uh, my wife kelsey was on it for for a while and it just it messes with your all your emotions and uh it's it's not pretty for sure um no exactly it just kind of puts you into uh into your own little hole and, and you just kind of feel sorry for yourself and you you have a hard time um with like the high highs and the low lows it's, it's, yeah. it's very much an extreme you you feel everything to the extreme um so it was a good few months of that but everything kind of plateaued yeah and then Last summer, so summer, well, this past summer, in summer of 2021, uh, sorry, no, summer of 2020, that was last summer, um, I was starting to not feel well, was nauseous in the morning, again, kind of getting headaches, lack of energy, yeah. and I went to my doctors and I said, you know, like, I'm just not feeling great. So they did some more blood work. They were doing blood work every month at this point, um, and they said, yeah, so your kidney function has actually dropped again, and we may need to put you on dialysis. Wow. And then within the week, uh, I'd had the surgery to in insert the port in my chest um, because there's there's a few different ways to do dialysis, but the way that they did it for mine is essentially they insert a tube that goes one end of it goes um, up to your up into your jugular vein in your neck, and the other end goes into an artery that's just outside the heart. Wow! And they hook you up to a machine three times a week for four hours, and they clean you out. Three times a week um, for four hours. That is a time commitment. Yeah. Were you doing anything else at the time? No, thankfully. I mean, <laughs> it's it's a very, very um, slippery slope to say that the pandemic at that moment was a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Because had I been working, it would have been very, very difficult to manage that. For sure. Um, I don't know if I would have been able to. I might have needed to take some short-term disability or something like that. Yeah. But I, was, I wasn't working at the time, thankfully. So... Um, it was just that all I had to focus on was feeling better and, and going into the to dialysis and getting that done. Um, that's good that you just had to, you know, yeah. just hundred percent of your effort could really just be put towards yourself. Cause I think that's what you needed at the time. Right. Not only did I learn about what he had to go through on a daily basis, but I also learned about the ongoing effects of what happened and how he has to be conscious of how his body feels and how it can change. I really appreciate Andre for coming on the show and I hope everyone liked hearing about his story. Although I really enjoyed doing the interviews and finding out what people go through on a day-to-day -day basis, I also had the opportunity to learn about some talented artists, some of them being Canadian. Take a listen to some of the interesting info I found out on these folk artists that I would have never known if I hadn't done this project. Okay, so a little background on the original songwriter for Up Where We Belong, Buffy St. Marie. 
She was inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame in 1995 and has won countless other Juno and Indigenous Music Awards. She was born on the Papiat 75 Reserve in Kuapa Valley in Saskatchewan. She toured with other Canadian folk heroes like Leonard Cohen and Joni Mitchell in the 60s and has been on TV shows like Sesame Street. Peter Yarrow, Noel Paul Stuckey, and Mary Travers formed the band Peter, Paul, and Mary in New York, 1961. Their debut album, Peter, Paul, and Mary, was hugely successful. And the album was listed on Billboard magazine's top 10 for 10 months, including seven weeks at the number one position. The album eventually sold over 2 million copies, earning a double platinum certification from the RIAA in the United States alone. It had two folk legend Pete Seeger songs on it, If I Had a Hammer, as well as Where Have All the Flowers Gone. The group was inducted into the Vocal Hall of Fame in 1999, and in the documentary Peter, Paul, and Mary carried on a musical legacy, Members of the Weavers discuss how the group took over the torch of the social commentary on of folk music in the 60s. So, contrary to popular belief, Puff the Magic Dragon is not about smoking marijuana, as most people would have you believe. It was actually based on a poem written by 19-year-old Cornell student Leonard Lipton. And Peter, Paul, and Mary, as well as Lipton, have claimed that the song is not about drugs, but about the hardships of growing older. Another part of my radio show was to share my thoughts on any given topic, so the audience could get a sense of who I really was. Take a listen as I go through a couple topics that I thought were important, including a little about myself. So on the topic of growing older, let me tell you that I am definitely one of those people who wish my younger self knew what I know now. As kids, and especially teenagers, we think we have all things figured out. We are naive to all the hardships and ups and downs that life has. And all we want to do is to be older so that we can have all the freedom in the world. I think the biggest thing that changes as you grow older is priorities. As a teenager, my main priorities were school, friends, work, girls, football, football, girls, money, and girls. As I got older, only one girl has my full attention. Uh, Actually, technically two, including my daughter. And as far as friends go, I find the smaller my friend group, the better. Because I know I have people I can call at any time, no matter what is going on. The last two years has been crazy for me. More on that later. But it has made me appreciate the things I I have and not really want for much more. I think as we age, we learn that things that are most important are people. Family and true friends can make you the happiest person in the world. And even if you rise to the top in your career, if you don't have a support system, you can only be successful for so long. My message here is appreciate what you have, family and friends, and make the long-lasting friendships, because to me, that's what equals happiness. I love Canadian music. And, of course, Canadian music is really a description of all Canadians in general. And it's just very good music. There are a lot of things that I love about Canada. From coast to coast, the people here are so inviting, giving, caring, and proud of where they live. Although we often get compared to our American counterparts, I believe that Canada has our own unique identity, rooted in hard work, a sense of pride, and togetherness, helping one another when we are in need, and also having very good taste in music. What I would like to do with this show is get to know some of our fellow Canadians. January 27, 2020, my daughter Isabel was born. 
My wife and I had to go through in vitro fertilization due to complications getting pregnant. My wife was hospitalized three times during her pregnancy, and so Isabel had to be born four weeks early. Shortly after she was born, she had to have heart surgery to repair part of her heart that was too small. The heart surgery went well, but afterwards there were feeding issues and she had to be fed through a tube in her nose. We went home twice from the hospital, once with a tube in her nose and once with a tube in her stomach. Both times there was a pump running to help her get calories so she could grow. After about a year, we got the tube out and Isabel was able to eat normally. I'm saying all that to say this. Everyone has their own journey of pregnancy and their own journey when it comes to their children. Not everything you see on social media is how things are, are all the time. Also, there are both men and women who have problems with fertility, so it's not just as easy as the birds and the bees. My experience with having a child has been a crazy roller coaster, but in the end, I would not trade it for anything because Isabel is the most amazing thing ever. So this next song is dedicated to her. I love you, Isabel Marie, and I will see you tomorrow morning. I know you're already in bed. So enjoy. Thanks. This has been Folks, Folk with Folks. My name is Jeff Coldwell. You're listening to CMRU.ca by students for you. So going to school during the pandemic has its issues, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. I really feel like this program, even in one semester, has taught me that I can do things I never would have thought possible for me. It has increased my confidence in myself and helped me realize that I can try new things and succeed. I'm Jeff Coldwell. You've tuned in to the best of Folk with Folks.